Salutations to all. This is fact or fiction with Frederick. And I had an interesting uh, survey I was doing the past couple days. I spoke with uh, uh, many college-aged young adults at, uh, and they're all in their various stages of their life. And they gave me uh, some very interesting input and uh, merch ideas, which I'm really excited about. Can't wait to see the prototypes they come up with. And uh, just uh, I'll throw out a uh, kudos to that. So we're going to discuss some topics and relate them all to one another. It was recommended to me to keep things non-tangential and keep things very similar in the discussion. So, with that in mind, we'll talk about college education. To be free or not to be free? That is the question. And we're going to relay that to Marxism. I'll give you a little history of that, Karl Marx, and how that's affecting the education system, higher education system. You don't even know you're learning that. But Frederick's here to delve into that and make you think about it and ponder things. And it all tie up nicely, as I've promised, to the lost civilization of Atlantis. Hmm. How is he going to do that? Well, get a cold beverage. Get your nice, comfortable, overstuffed chair. Turn on a soft, ambient light. Sit back, relax, and we'll take a ride through various facts or fiction with your very cheerful host, Frederick. I'll see you in a bit. Free college tuition. Free for all. There's no free lunch, but maybe this is the free meal we've all been looking for. Pros and cons. To be free or not to be free. That is the question. And we're going to just look at the five pros and cons of the freedom for all to get a higher education. And real quickly, <clears throat> is that everyone's aspiration if it's free? Would everyone decide to go to college? 
what would happen? Everyone decided, I'm going to college in that young adult stage. Well, imagine the line at Chick-fil-A when there's zero workers because they're all in college. I know. I scared you all. Don't don't leave to go to Chick-fil-A yet or that place, other place or whatever you enjoy. Actually, I do enjoy Chick-fil-A on a nice after church on a Sunday, taking the family there and a good chicken sandwich and those are some good memories. Oh, back to the pros and cons. First, students would not have to take out loans. While that, that would be very good. And the burden of loans would not be on the young adults when they get out. However, a con. Not taking out a loan. Do you have real responsibility, fiscal responsibility, when that's just taken out of the equation and it's free? Now, some would argue that that would be okay, the stress of college and trying to finance it and all. But when you leave, you lose that lesson on being fiscally responsible. So I do think it does take some of that responsibility away. Would that be good or bad? Something to think about. Two, students would have more freedom to choose their college. Would it be open to even the Ivy League? Well, we're not talking about going crazy here in that, quote, higher education of Harvard or Yale, Princeton. But they have more freedom to choose out-of-state colleges. Any choice they might make. Of course, with online, you don't have to really leave your bedroom. You can do most of your classes in your boxers if you so choose and put on your flip-flops and slide over to Walmart to get another cold beverage for that long study period. But the problems with that freedom is there's problems of the incentive to have that supply-demand within colleges. It takes down that, that incentive and there's, yes, there's a freedom of choosing, but with that, you do lose the incentive uh, within the colleges, and you basically, the flip side to it all is colleges are a business, let's face it, and they rely on supply and demand much like any business. So doing this would affect that whole uh, 
paradigm to what we think of as education system. Now, the next, number three, students would not have to face any debt when they leave. And I think that ties into what we talked about without taking loans. Don't like using the term, but we may have uh, students coming out being slackers. No debt, no nothing. I'm free, free to do what I so choose. And that may be, well, I got this education now. I'm good. What do you do with that education then? And are we going to be deciding which programs we want uh, kids in and start to have the government deciding what becomes more of import in the college systems, like public education, which is a wreck. But that's another episode of Factor Fiction with Frederick. And uh, last but not least, the college attendance would increase. Definitely. Because, unfortunately, you say free and you get the stampede of those wanting that free whatever. It could be a free anima and people would be in line for that trying to figure out, uh, Googling, what's an enema? With that increase in attendance, the quality of the education will suffer. Absolutely. You cannot meet that demand and have the quality. It would be a, it's a definitely inverse relationship with that. So, um, while it sounds great, the overall decision would be, and that's, this is not a fact or fiction, this is just facts, the fiction of it is, it would be a great idea in a utopian society, but we don't live in one, so they've tried that in the lost city of Atlantis. Thank you, Bird. And that's what happened to that culture. There was no utopian society. So, with that, someone has to pay. There's nothing free. Ever, ever, ever. So, remember that. And... Now we're going to be talking about something lighter and perhaps more interesting. But this is interesting. There's something to debate with your college friends about to be free or not to be free. Something to think about. Ah, 
Salutations and greetings. Here's a riddle for those listening on the edge of their seat. Here it goes. See if it can be beat. A rhyme as well. Who makes it has no need of it. Who buys it has no use for it. Who uses it can neither see nor feel it. What is it? Hmm. The answer at the end of the episode. So, it forces all of you to stay with me and see what the answer is. Pretty sneaky. Thank you. We're going to look at Marxism. Karl Marx. If you're not familiar with Karl Marx, don't feel you're left out. There's a lot of people that don't because it's not widely discussed anymore. And that's part of the problem is when you don't discuss these things and you loosely use these terms uh, and people don't know what they mean, uh, they become somewhat irrelevant. Marxism has its roots in a dialectical approach to life. He believed that capitalism is uh, not the only economic system, but also the political system. And with that, you have a marrying of that, which can lead to what it did lead to is Marxist socialism, thereby communism. So when we were talking about topics like we have in previous episodes, that was what I really want you to think about is where are we going here in the U.S.? Are we we're, um, going towards a socialism, a Marxism? Uh, you know, one of the main issues with the Marxist socialism is that it does look to abolish private property. So thereby you have a control of property and rights and the ability to own items where you work. And uh, Marxism is uh, widely taught in the upper in the higher education which we discussed uh, because most of the faculty in these higher education systems aspire to Marxist and the each of, of these more liberal universities are little microcosms of a socialist uh, city you could say so these are the, uh, what they've done to the university system is created these little test, uh, test tubes uh, 
and experimenting with the minds of the youth. So the group listening, and that's that 18 to 25 age group, uh, this is fact or fiction, but right now we're talking about fact. Now the fiction part is what you'll hear as far as the argument against Marxism and that it's actually a, a good thing that we look to uh, support workers, which is essentially how Marxism started, the worker revolution to overturn capitalism, thereby leading to communism. So, you know, you have you have a fine line of the labor revolt and the politburo. And that's how the communism came about. And I know these are uh, fun, light topics to discuss, something to ponder. Uh, Definitely won't have any merch that is supporting the Marxist regime. Uh, Of course, that would have to be approved by me, which then... I would actually become part of the cog in the wheel of communism. But here, the staff at uh, Fact or Fiction with Frederick are all free. They have free minds, free will. There's definitely a, a democracy, albeit a little authoritative, but still a democracy. So... Free college education, the biggest con is it's a con. And you can see the slippery slope that it'll lead to Marxists and the future leaders thinking that, hey, this isn't that bad of an idea. Why don't we try that here? And they could probably get some good mentoring from... Putin, he's a pretty good expert in that. So, something to think about. And now we're ending this whole episode of Fact or Fiction with Frederick, with Diving into Atlantis, pardon the pun. Atlantis, that city that is it fact or fiction? It's a legendary city. Some propose that Poseidon built the city for a mortal woman, Cleito somewhere in the Atlantic and this city was very well advanced for its time but sank due to some earthquake or tsunami and that's where the legends have it Uh, it was a massive city uh, probably the size of, of London and New York put together with massive tunnels that sprawled out underneath 
the uh, the city underwater tunnels, of course, and uh, half was underwater, half above. So, like a massive iceberg, you could say. Some even said it, it was in the Antarctica. That's why it is not located anywhere because everyone's looking in the wrong place. So, could be. I have not yet gone to Antarctica to look for that, and that would be a interesting expedition uh, for all those that would like to go. Perhaps we can set that up, and uh, you can always let me know if you're uh, able to make that trek, and uh, we'll look for Atlantis. Was it real? Some say it was, according to Plato's writings, because Plato was a, a very pragmatic gentleman uh, with a vast sense of reality about him and wrote extensively about the lost city of Atlantis, which they precluded the Egyptian culture. So could it be? Possibly. Now, we know that there was a massive flood at some point. So prior to the flood, and this is pre-Noah, if we're into the biblical scene, the uh, pre-Evolutians, Atlantis, could be at some point a real city that was destroyed during the flood. So that's a possibility. And I have yet to uh, know of any findings of it. However, they have located a large resort in the Bahamas So maybe that is Atlantis. Something to think about. And on this very light note, I don't like to flood you with details. The answer to the riddle, a coffin. So that's open and close right there. I'm going to end on that and enjoy the rest of your week. Make great choices. Be safe out there. Always ponder. Say to yourself, hmm, something to think about. When you're presented with things, question them, research them, be informed. It is part of of the fact or fiction army that we are all informed. I'll present the facts and we'll see if it's just fiction. Good night for now.